I am Nick, and the RKO to my overdrive is... Corey. And we are here to take you through another crazy, weird-ass moment through wrestling history. This one's actually a little more cool. Uh, we're going to cover a bit of somebody's career. Uh, kind of not go through the whole thing because that'll tend to spoil some future episodes because, you know... It's like supernatural in professional wrestling. Everything's intertwined, and you don't want to spoil some storylines. So we're going to get into uh, the man, the meme, the legend killer, Randy Keith Orton. So, Corey, what do you know about Randy Orton? Pretty much everything I've been exposed to has been just videos on the internet where they splice him into people hurting themselves, and he's doing the RKO on them. And I know his his wrestling name is the Apex Predator, and I just I've just seen and I, you know people obviously RKO and their friends into a pool or something like that, and it looks pretty fucking hilarious. So <laughs> the Apex Predator is one of like twelve nicknames he's had in his career. Well, I assume because pretty much every other wrestler has like their start off name. They're like, okay, that's not good. Then they start to get a little bit bigger, and they choose something really stupid that they think is like, oh, I'm a mean, tough guy. And then it changes into something that they're like, okay, we'll relax onto this. So here's here's how we'll get into this. Uh, Randall Keith Orton was born on April 1st, 1980. The best April Fool's joke the world has <laughs> ever played. He is a third-generation superstar, his grandfather being Bob Orton Sr., and his father being Cowboy Bob Orton, and he is actually one of the innovators of the superplex. So when somebody's on the top rope and... Suplex them off the top yep, rope. Yep, okay. yep. So he started in Ohio Valley Wrestling. He it, Ohio Valley Wrestling was a developmental territory that became what's now called NXT, mm-hmm. and... Ohio Valley Wrestling was known at that time for creating what's called the OVW4, which are Randy Orton, Dave Batista, John Cena, and Brock Lesnar. They were all in the same developmental territory class, and that gave to like the peak of wrestling. So is it like X-Men, do they all have the different powers since John Cena is the only one who gets to be invisible? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, I mean, <laughs> if you really want to put it there, I mean, you have Randy Orton's crazy ass Wolverine, he's like the Beast. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's the Apex Predator. Yeah, no, that, that would that would be more Dave Batista would be the Beast. If really anything, Randy Orton would be kind of like Cyclops, just kind of like the douchebag who's like, all right, I'm gonna fuck everything I'm up, sullen dickhead all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you will actually see how accurate that is. <laughs> So wait, hold on. So is this where we're starting? We're not we're not starting in his childhood where he's pulling trees out of the ground with his neck. I mean, I don't I don't know how Bob Orton raised his kid, but I wouldn't be I mean, surprised. I know he grew up in Serbia, but right. <laughs> I won't fuck up the pronunciation of his hometown a million times. Yeah, absolutely. I was just hoping to get more interesting facts on how little Randall occupied his time as a child or if he actually finished school he's like no get out there and commence deforestation <laughs> all right so no yeah we're actually just gonna there's so much to his career that we're gonna end up leaving out here that it's 
it's ridiculous. Like, I have a couple chunks of time set by where where he was in his career, the stables he was with, the times he was with, and then, like, there's gonna be any wrestling fan will know that I'm leaving out huge fucking gaps of time. Don't hate me, we'll get to him later. I wanna... There's so many good matches that, like, involve Randy Orton that I was looking through that was like, shit, Randy's here. Shit, Randy's here. He's also here? What the fuck? <laughs> He's here again? But yeah, so... We're going to start with uh, Evolution. So, one of Randy Orton's first official WWF matches was on March 16th of 2002 at WrestleMania 18's Fan Access, where he defeated Tommy Dreamer. Orton's first televised match was on April 25th, 2002. Soon after, Randy Orton became a face and was placed in a series of matches in September of that year. He was traded to the Raw brand in the 2002 draft. So the draft is a, it's basically like we're going to take all of our rosters and the general managers of each roster is going to look and be like, all right, our number one pick is the Undertaker. We're taking him to the SmackDown brand. Yeah, but but like they'll split up tag teams. They'll create storylines out of it. Like it's. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get into an episode of I'll find a good draft for us to do once you know a lot more wrestlers and we'll be like, this is fucking dumb. <laughs> so he defeated Stevie Richards on the debut of the show, and within weeks, Randy Orton suffered an injury that left him sidelined for months. After recovering, Orton appeared on Raw on segments called the RNN or the Randy News Network, an obvious parallel of CNN, which he started interrupting other segments in the Raw program, basically being a fucking news anchor and being a complete asshole, turning him heel. Okay. So after his... Decided to just be that that one weird, uh, what do you call it, Like, like a news anchor that goes down to like Hollywood Boulevard and has all the stories about like which strip clubs have the most stabbings and stuff yeah, in it, yeah, just yeah. getting in people's faces yeah. and be like, how did you feel watching that person get stabbed to death? Was it pretty cool? More like, hey, I'm going to just talk shit on everybody. Any Fox News segment, any CNN segment, anything that's like not really news but says it's news, pretty much that. Oh, okay. It's like the wrestling version of The Onion. <laughs> okay, that works. So after he healed... Orton joined Evolution, which consisted of Ric Flair, Triple H, and his OVW alum, Batista. You probably know Batista from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I probably don't. No? No, I never really got into those movies. All right. Uh, He was in uh, the second-to-last James Bond movie, Spectre. He was the bad guy in that. Okay. Yeah, he's in a bunch of movies. He's pretty fucking jacked, dude. He was the uh, villain in the Man with the Iron Fist, the Riz's Kung Fu movie, if you've ever oh, seen okay. that. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's, gem of a movie. That's Dave Batista. Okay. So, during this time, Randy Orton started proclaiming himself as the legend killer. His gimmick would be... Him being the young upstart that touted himself as the future of wrestling, he embarked on numerous feuds with older, well-respected names in wrestling, 
and gained infamy for blatantly disrespecting him with his stablemate and mentor, Ric Flair. Oh, surprise. Ric Flair teaching you how to be a bigger asshole? And also, legend killers. So, is it just like legendary wrestlers or. Yeah, so. Not going after Zelda or. Yeah, I mean. He'd technically go after Ganon if he was going to be the legend. It would be pretty funny to see Randy Orton in like an 8-bit kind of, you know, way in the game just come fucking flying out of the side of your Game Boy and then RKO in your ass into a pit or something. If somebody take could, that, Link. If somebody could please take Link to the past and make it the <laughs> Randy of the past, that would be fucking amazing. Like, I, I know somebody out there can do it. So... Randy Orton defeated Shawn Michaels at Unforgiven as one of his first high-profiled matches, billed as Legend vs. Legend Killer. During this time, Randy Orton started using his move that would become his signature finisher, the RKO, which is a jumping cutter with his initials. The move he had before that is known as one of the worst fucking finishing moves in wrestling history. It's called the Overdrive. And what it is, is you stand at somebody's side while they're bent over, you grab both of their arms in, like, a reverse chicken wing, put your leg over their head, and, like, somersault, and fucking land, like, I'll show you a video of the overdrive once we get into the video portion of this, so you can see how fucking dumb this move is. It sounds horrifically dangerous. It's super dangerous, and it looks like... You had a kid just absolutely fuck up trying to do a cool move to his friend <laughs> on a trampoline, and it's like, yeah, that, yeah, that's a finishing that. move. Go with that. Yep, yeah. that's the one. Yes, and. <laughs> so, Evolution was pushed on Raw from 2003 to 2004. At their height of dominance during Armageddon in 2003, every title on Raw was held by Evolution members. Randy Orton winning his first Intercontinental title. Flair and Batista holding the tag titles, and Triple H winning the heavyweight championship. In 2003, Orton spent most of his time on the show helping Triple H overcome his opponents by fucking cheating to keep and retain his world heavyweight title. He joined Triple H in the Elimination Chamber match for the heavyweight championship at SummerSlam that year and was involved primarily in helping Triple H secure his defense and was eliminated by Bill Goldberg. But the stable was managed to fulfill its promise after, you know, Triple H and his sledgehammer were able to eliminate Goldberg and retain his title. So how how that match literally ended is, you know, Bill Goldberg's spear, Mm -hmm. Triple H just literally fucking clocks him in the side of the head with a sledgehammer while he's going for a spear and then just pins him. It it looks pretty nasty. I was going to say, that sounds like an attempted murder. Yeah, that's... But then again, catching a spear tackle from Bill Goldberg also sounds like attempted murder, because I wouldn't want to do that. I was about to say, we will get into how, like, that that's another episode idea that I had, just the crimes of Triple H throughout his wrestling career, and we'll see how many... it all, because it's on camera. I was about to say, like, <laughs> there are so many shit that he has done that is like you should go to jail you should go to jail you should definitely be in jail you married the guy his daughter that you tried to kill last week you should be in jail orton continued to establish himself as the legend killer throughout 2004 challenging semi-retired wrestler mick foley famed for his brutal hardcore style 
and able ability to handle excruciating pain. Foley challenged Orton to a hardcore legend versus legend killer match for the Intercontinental Championship, which Orton reluctantly accepted, which anyone fucking would. Orton defeated... I mean, basically, you're just signing up to beat the shit out of someone for a set amount of time. Oh, At Backlash, Orton defeated Foley in a hardcore match to retain the Intercontinental Championship, which included spots involving multiple uses of barbed wire and Orton being thrown into hundreds of thumbtacks. Oh, of course, the thumbtacks come back. Yep. Two months later at Bad Blood... He retained his Intercontinental Championship against Shelton Benjamin, another OVW alum from that class. And in July at Vengeance, he lost the title to Edge. So, quick question about the championships. It kind of just seems like they just conjure them out of nowhere. Because it doesn't seem like in like the UFC where it's like the heavyweight championship and then there's you know the whole heavyweight category. They're all vying for that one belt. Whenever you bring up different championships, it's like, oh, he challenged him for this belt. And it's like, okay, so where did the belt come from? Did so they just fucking make it up? And they're like, we're going to fight over this belt we just made up. So to get into belt history, uh, the belt history at this time in this era would be the light heavyweight championship and the cruiserweight championship were merged into one belt at... Uh, the invasion angle when WCW and WWF were feuding with each other when okay. Monday Night Nitro folded and collapsed and was bought by the company. So that became one title. The television title and the intercontinental title are kind of what are called the mid-card titles okay. of there, and those were fused into one title. So Raw at that time had the intercontinental title, the tag team titles for Raw, and then the World Heavyweight title, which was the WCW Big Gold Belt. Okay. And SmackDown at the time had the Cruiserweight title, the Women's title, their set of tag team championships, and then the WWF at the time title, which would become the WWE title. So you have your lower tier titles, your mid-card titles, and your... Your, so yeah, they just make yeah, shit it, up. It pretty much, yeah. Like, <laughs> long story short, they just make shit up. It's kind, it's kind of like your your bronze medal, your your silver medal, your gold medal. Of, okay, that makes you, a little you, more you sense. Feed, you feed your intercontinental championships just, into the higher main card titles. I just feel like there's so many <clears throat> damn different divisions of of what you can be like classified as. It's not as cut and dry as you know flyweight lightweight you know uh, it's like you can literally just take any like three words or something like that and put champion at the end of it and bam you have a belt that people get to wrestle uh, over. you mean like the 24 7 championship the oh. current championship that is one of the most hilarious titles which is at any point in time you have to defend your title as long as there is a referee there who can count a three count you can be pinned anywhere, like in a massage parlor or at a wedding. So what you're saying is if we hire a referee and we go find the guy who has this, you can challenge him, the referee gets out there, and I can run over him with my truck, and then you can pin him, and then you're the champion. So it has to be a WWE official? But yes, yeah, 
That's that's so the, how much do they get paid an hour? Because it's not well, he's going to get paid for the full hour, but I mean, honestly, with what you just said, Vince would probably be like, "That's good shit, pal. Book it." <laughs> <laughs> that's that would just be great, and then living the rest of our lives in fear of when it's going to come back on us and some jacked up guy that's 250 pounds of raw muscle comes and kills me while I'm casing mail at the post office. Or uh, Dana Brooke, a female bodybuilder turned wrestler, hits you in the back of the head with a frying pan and then pins you for a three count 45 minutes after you hit a guy with your truck. That's... (laughs) That, once again, it sounds absolutely fucking ridiculous, but... Sounds a lot like the contracts on Grand Theft Auto. That's like. that's pretty much what it is. Of like, you have a bounty set on you, and the whole lobby's like, I'll take that thousand dollars. <laughs> well, and especially looking at you and I, those, res- those wrestlers would be like, wow. <laughs> You'd be surprised some of the people who've held the 24-7 championship, like uh, Pat McAfee. I have no idea who that is. The punter for the Indianapolis Colts. Really? Yeah. So that's another one we're going to get into. Pat McAfee actually has probably one of the best celebrity wrestling matches out right now. He's done like three or four matches. He's done... I just want to see it go to like some regular ass dude on the street or something like or, You know, like just like, I don't know, even you could even like fake it or something like that and have like a, an entire kindergarten class kick the shit out of them or something like that once hilarious. again vince me you, you should probably send your application in to be a writer for <laughs> wwe at this point because with how vince mcmahon is booking shows at some point in time that's that that's kind of the joke of there's an interview with a guy named john moxley who put him in a gas mask because people smell bad and his response was that's good shit pal so <laughs> <laughs> well uh, i'll definitely submit my uh kindergarten class idea to vince mcmahon it, i mean i would love to see that happen on the show i mean there have been like chasing, there's a whole pack of them with baseball bats chasing them down it would just get uh, kindergartners with kendo sticks that sounds like a stable that would be good like it's got alliteration in it he's a pinata i swear kids get him <laughs> see there you go you're already you're already getting into it after losing the intercontinental championship orton became the number one contender for the heavyweight championship after winning a 20-man battle royale at SummerSlam 2004 Orton defeated Chris Benoit for the championship, becoming the youngest world champion in WWE history at the age of 24. Benoit congratulated Orton after the match in the ring, shaking his hand, showing his ability to be the man because of Ric Flair's phrase, if you want to be the man, you have to beat the man. The following night on Raw, Orton successfully defended the title again against Benoit in a rematch, and Orton, Evolution threw Orton a celebration only to reveal they were not pleased with his new victory. While Batista had Orton propped up on his shoulders in elation, Triple H gave a pleased thumbs up, which promptly turned into an angry face and a thumbs down, which followed Batista electric chair dropping Orton on the mat. So an electric chair drop I was is. Gonna say, you knew I was gonna. Ask. I, you I saw know. The look on my face. Yep, I saw the what the fuck is that? So think of how you give your kid a piggyback ride and you have him on your shoulders and he's sitting up. Mm-hmm. Now just hold his legs as tight as you can and just jump on your back as hard as you can. And okay. So 
that was done with a full-grown man, and he just fucking smashes into the mat. After that, Triple H, Flair, and Batista just kicked the absolute shit out of Randy Orton, (laughs) hitting him with the championship belt. And over the following weeks, Orton was called out, ordered to give the championship to Triple H, but when he refused... Triple H spit in his face, hit him with the title belt, and continued to beat the shit out of him. This led to Evolution breaking up, essentially, with Orton being kicked out and so starting like, starting a feud with his former stablemates. So it's like the scene in Braveheart where they're like trying to get him to confess and he just yells freedom. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, a month later, Orton lost the world heavyweight title to Triple H at Unforgiven after heavy inf- interference from Ric Flair, Batista, and Jonathan Coachman. Jonathan Coachman at the time was a commentator, which is really weird for him to be like he just crawled over the table and just jumped in pretty much like you, you'd be surprised how much mo- how many times that shit actually happens so from there on we're gonna Seems move highly unprofessional yeah from there on we're gonna move to uh, a, a quick quick little summary of what happened after that uh from there he had the tag team rated rko with the rated r superstar edge who is most known for stealing Matt Hardy's girlfriend and having a live sex celebration with her on national TV. We'll get to that. No, I was going to say, you can't. That, right. That's a, that's a right. future episode, buddy. As long buddy. as that's we'll... going to be a future episode, so like, don't fucking poo-poo-poo me through this. Oh, no, like, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that because... Uh, not a time for a yada yada. Yeah, no, that that is that is definitely a. We'll circle back around <laughs> to that fucking car crash. Live and, sex event. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he would also win uh, the WWE title after they they broke up. He would also add the draping DDT to his move set and slither around the ring before doing the RKO. I have which, seen that. Which gained him the nickname the Viper. Which led into the the, the apex predator. <laughs> he uh, also would did, have did his. He also spit venom. I mean, he would hawk loogies in people's faces and then fucking punt their why. heads off like Janikowski. That that to me is like the worst thing ever. Is because I remember growing up and there was that what, what was his name puke the clown or whatever doink that, yeah that he'd fucking throw up on command. And oh no, that was uh, that was. Uh, yeah, that was puke. That was a Darren Drosdorf. Oh that... man, I, I remember seeing that, and then seeing people spit on each other, and I'm like, man, like there's, I don't know, some something in like performance art that there's an agreement that that can happen, and it has to, you know, you have to allow that to happen. But I would be so pissed if someone fucking threw up on me or <laughs> spit in my eye or something like that. I, it would go straight into fucking potato territory right because i would consider that to be the potato and they would be getting a hell of a receipt from it mark it down episode two Corey is already using mark terms fantastic <laughs> well i have to I, that's what i'm doing i'm learning <laughs> i was about to say we're, we're getting there people we're fucking getting there I, i've said this for years i will get you into wrestling and now i'm gonna drag your ass in kicking and screaming well you already drugged me into dungeons and dragons so <laughs> Two wins in Nick column. I'll take that's two to two hundred and eighty-four. I'll take my two. <laughs> so he uses his new entrance music 
by the band Rev Theory, the if you have ever seen one of the compilations, the song I Hear Voices in My Head, you've probably heard it. I'll, I'll play it for probably, you. Yeah. But it's still the theme he uses today. So Why don't any of them choose, like, I, and I, I get the whole face and heel thing, but to be like a next level dickhead or something, like, why, why isn't there a walkout song? Because, like, when I did that, uh, when I did TKO, that boxing tournament, they gave us, like, a stock list of songs that we could choose from, which I get it, that's what the DJ had on hand, but it was all, like, pump-up songs. Like, what, I wanted to come out to, like, ABBA's Dancing Queen or something, just to be a dickhead, like, or, like, you know, Hollaback Girl or something. Why don't they ever pick something like that? I mean, Undertaker, at one point in time, when he was the biker taker, came out to Limp Biscuits rolling. I mean, that's, but yeah, but he was on a bike. Like, that makes sense. That's, that's, that's gilding the lily a bit, you know? But, like, it, I, I understand that I, there's certain parts of them being trolls that I don't quite get that they don't take the next level of it like how come there's never a guy that's you know this huge dude that comes out to Barbie girl and is dressed up like Hello Kitty okay so you know Goldberg and his theme we're gonna go off another side tangent here so one of my favorite British indie wrestlers is a guy named Grado and he's he's a chubby dude but he is a like he's a fucking pretty pretty good wrestler Mm. so he has one of my favorite moments in wrestling history where they do like the security knock for goldberg Mm. and it's doing the big like pump up intro but right before it swells into the theme it starts playing madonna's like a prayer (laughs) and the whole fucking crowd loses it and they're singing along and like pumping their fists and like that's what i'm talking about see that that's like that's you'll that's see what, that on that's some. That's what I wanted because that I I got I chose Welcome to the Jungle to come out to and and it was you know it it was a cool you know bit getting to the getting into the ring to Welcome to the Jungle but like how much more funny would that have been if it had been something like um, I don't know even take like uh, fighting out of the blue corner blew his house with. Blondie's Heart of Glass or something like that. I mean, and I... Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, Ronda Rousey comes out to uh, Joan Jett's bad reputation, which is fucking... still, again, it's on brand. Well, it is on brand because she has a fucking terrible reputation in WWE. Well, I mean, just in general, so... We're we're gonna go into the uh, the authority storyline is what it's called, and we're gonna cut parts of it out because the next episode we're gonna do is covering the other half of that storyline. Okay. So on July fourteenth at Money in the Bank in two thousand thirteen, I, I know the year's different, but that was uh, also the date that uh, that Nick Cage was going to get to meet his daughter for the first time in Con Air. July 14th! Put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> I'm sorry, every time I hear July 14th, all I can see is Cyrus's fucking face. I'm gonna meet my dad for the first time on July 14th! <laughs> <laughs> fucking John Malkovich. Orton defeated Christian, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Rob Van Dam, and Sheamus to win the WWE Championship Money in the Bank ladder match. So the Money in the Bank ladder match is a ladder match where 
you are fighting for a briefcase and in the briefcase is a contract that any point in time you can challenge the current champ world champion to a match so they could have just gone through two different matches in the same night had the shit kicked out of him and you just come out with your briefcase and be like here you go mr referee i was ring the fucking bell with ious from dumb and dumber so there is one po- <laughs> these are as good as money <laughs> so there is one point in time where a winner of the money in the bank ladder match gave his briefcase over to a different person and he opens the briefcase on TV to be like, yeah, I'm taking this contract open, and it just fucking explodes green paint all over him. It was like, all right, cool. Perfect. I was just hoping it was just going to be filled with dildos or something like that. I mean, they did have a live sex celebration on TV, but I don't think they could get away with dildos in that time. Oh, come on. You think you just do it like, uh, what is it, a death to Smoochie? And this, is full of, this is full of sausages. <laughs> it, could be, it could be like death to Smoochie, and it could be filled with cookies in the shape of it, and you'd be trying to explain. It's a rocket ship. It's a cock and balls! <laughs> Rainbow fucking Randolph! <laughs> so on August 18th at SummerSlam, Orton turned heel and cashed in his Money in the Bank contract on Daniel Bryan, who at the time was one of the biggest faces in WWE. He had just won the WWE Championship and was attacked by special guest referee Triple H, who counted the pinfall to give Orton his seventh WWE Championship. The so, fall. so that sounds like a favor, though, to Randy Orton after he was such a dickhead to him? Or? Yeah, this, this is so the evolution line was around two it's like a couple that can only have sex unless they're fighting like, yeah it's pretty much like that you're explaining their relationship wow, very okay. well <laughs> like, <laughs> definitely so, not toxic yeah I was, I was about to say the, the time the amount of times triple h and randy orton's have been friends and then i'm gonna fucking kill you and then back to friends and then been like you're my friend but i'm gonna fucking kill you has been so so many times man (laughs) but the evolution storyline took place in the mid 2000s and this is 2013 through 2015 is the storyline yeah yeah i was about to say this is either one of them has started drinking again they've 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 promised each other that they're gonna that they're gonna come home from work and not stop off at the bar and and then and i'm guessing soon after that they're gonna start tipping a little bit and they, they got married divorced had a different relationship got married again got divorced again and one like, went through aa and tried to push it on the other one and, <laughs> <laughs> and then they both ended up back at the bar yeah pretty okay. much okay so that following night on raw orton was I'm endorsed picturing them for some reason both in dresses like i you know just just fighting with each other i don't know why i mean one of it's them it's a strange does... place that my mind goes sometimes but it's, i mean to one... picture both those huge jacked up dudes in dresses like walking out of the aa beating or something like that hand in hand and then uh and then deciding to go back to the bar and then just beating the shit out of each other i don't know why i'm sorry my brain's a messed up thing i was about to say i'm going to try to find a fucking picture of triple h in a dress because i know it exists it out there so it's like i know even it does. if it's photoshopped it has to i mean randy orton shits in a bag triple h wore a dress at one point in time it it sounds pretty much like a bad marriage <laughs> <laughs> so that following night on raw 
Orton was endorsed as the face of the company by Vince McMahon and the newly formed authority of Raw and SmackDown, which were Triple H and Stephanie McMahon in their general manager roles. Now, and by the face of the, you mean like just like their star, their not, poster boy, not not not, the, not a face, not okay. the baby face okay. of the company. That's what yeah. I mean. All right. So. Moving to the end of two thousand, how the hell did he transition from heel to face that fast? It's like okay, taking one costume off and putting another one on. That's pretty much what happens. Next, the next season's beginning. <laughs> That's pretty much what happens. I mean, he's he's grown a mustache at this time and rides scooters with a stoner and became tag like, team champion. Like when Steve Urkel turns into whatever. Stefan Urkel. Up. Yeah, he's got to drink that cool juice, man. Don't mind the uh, chopper going overhead. I, I do live by. Uh, uh, a hospital, so... A fucking dollops helicopter coming for us now. <laughs> you thought a train was bad. Here's the, here's the chopper. <laughs> so, moving to the end of 2014, skipping a little bit of the Authority storyline, on October 13th of that year, Orton asked the Authority to face the loser of a no-holds-barred contract on a pole match between John Cena and Dean Ambrose. So instead of a ladder, they have to climb a pole. It, so it is like lit- a fireman's pole. It's literally just a pole in the middle of one of the turnbuckles that has a contract on a string, and it's literally just them like pulling each other away from that corner and fighting to try to get up and get I was that contract. Really hoping it was going to be like a stripper style pole in the center of the ring, but be like thick, like a fireman's pole. Like that. honestly, that probably would be a more entertaining match. It, it, it definitely is, I mean, and it would have been even better, too, if at some point, it, you know, Grease got spread on it, watching them both try to climb up the slippery pole. Like, that's, I mean, it's very slapsticky, but also... <laughs> I mean, we're getting into bra and panties match territory there, which I, I see... The... They have to get the contract, and then they have to dance their way down the pole. Like... I mean... I there is I just picture a guy like Goldberg doing, like, the with the, the scissors around it and, like, just rolling around on the pole, just... I mean, that I mean would, I'm sure a lot of the women in the audience would be pretty fucking stoked. I probably a couple dudes too. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> whichever way you want to take it, like whoever's into that is going to love to see that happen. And and even if you're not into that, I want to see it happen. I was about it's to fucking hysterical. I was about to say, man, I'd, <laughs> seeing Brock doing Everybody like win. Oh, doing God, the like Brock Lesnar with the imagine? fucking leg and the arms out spinning around oh, with this God. fucking terrible knife tattoo. Yeah, the love problem to see is those they'd have to hire an entire team of engineers to build a pole that can hold Brock Lesnar while he. <laughs> said thing without a having it bend or b snap and then go into the audience and kill someone as it fell over you are probably right about that (laughs) so dean ambrose won the match setting up a hell in a cell match between randy orton and john cena on raw before the hell in a cell event triple h revealed that the winner would receive a future world heavyweight championship match against brock lesnar later that night orton kane and seth rollins defeated Cena and Ambrose in a handicapped street fight after Orton pinned Ambrose, but was immediately attacked by Seth Rollins, his stablemate at the time, with a curb stomp post-match. Seth Rollins' this finishing move. At Hell in a Cell... A legit curb stomp? Y- you'll, you'll see it uh. in the match, and it's... it's pretty fucking beastie of a move like yeah that doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun it, it's not a put <laughs> it's not a put your mouth on the curb but the, <laughs> like the fucking curb yeah god that scene in that movie holy shit <laughs> yeah but it's 
it's pretty. It's I, every time someone says curb stomp, I can hear that guy's teeth clicking as they hit the curb, and I'm like, no, yeah, hear it, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's still pretty pretty bad. It's a uh, it was originally called the Blackout because his former wrestling name was Tyler Black. Oh, okay. So Orton lost to Cena on the October twenty seventh episode of Raw, turning face in the process. The following week. Orton attacked Rollins during his Intercontinental Championship match against Dolph Ziggler and demanded a match with Rollins to settle their dispute, which Triple H granted in order to keep Orton on his side. Rollins won, and Orton attacked the authority, which ended it with Rollins executing a curb stomp on steel steps. Ugh. Yeah, Derek, no. no. <laughs> and also, back up, Dolph Ziggler? Dolph Ziggler. That sounds like a morning DJ's like name or something like that. You're tuning into 92.5 FM with Dolph Ziggler. I, bah, 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 bah. I will show you a picture of Dolph Ziggler. As a face for radio? You, no, he's actually a pretty decent looking dude. But you are <laughs> not wrong of like, you could slap him on any fucking radio station's billboard and you'd be like, yeah, that guy runs oh, the yeah, morning show. definitely <laughs> Dolph Ziggler. Yep. Yeah, he hits the gym in the morning, comes in and plays alt rock in the morning. Sounds about right. We're going to give away a dog to the 15th caller, Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> <laughs> the the 10th caller has an intercontinental championship match. <laughs> that's, that's just bill it as wrestling radio. <laughs> <laughs> See, once you again, are listening to wrestling radio with Dolph Ziggler. Bah, 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 bah. Well, once again, submit your fucking application <laughs> for writing, man. Maybe wasting my life. Me and Vince McMahon might be able to, uh, to make some gold. So he was carried away with the stretcher after sustaining a scripted injury so he could start filming the movie The Condemned 2. So... Randy Orton has a lot of like terrible B action movies, which makes him the best. Yeah, we should we should watch them. Like, like like there's if, nothing I love in the world more than B movies, whether it be action, sci-fi, horror. As long as it's terrible, I'm here for it. So we're gonna end up watching matches and hopefully doing these and showing the full match commentary on Patreon. But if that is something you're interested in, of us watching movies with wrestlers and giving our commentary on them. I'll watch the condemned shit on it the whole it's time. Gotta be, it's, it's gotta be like, they have to be a main focus. It can't be like Goldberg's appearance in Santa's sleigh. Like, that's because that's such a small portion of the movie. And then you have to watch Santa's sleigh, so... No, I'm, I'm talking like uh, The Miz in The Marine Six, like... Yeah, there's fucking there's six, six of them. them. Yeah. I didn't know there was more than one of them. Yeah, oh, buddy. Like, it's... Well, I mean, that was like, I didn't expect, uh, what was it, that uh, Universal Soldier. I remember seeing that as a kid, and I was like, oh, wow, that was terrible, but I still like it. And then I get to be an adult. I think there's like, isn't there four of them now? I think there's like seven of them oh, now, dude. God. Like, they I, keep, I didn't they... think it could get worse, but okay. I watched number two, and I was like, yeah... This is a bit much even, I mean, because it's, it's almost in, like, Tremors territory, where it's like, guys, stop it, please, or, or Sharknado, and it's like, okay, guys, we've, we've, we've definitely gone the course with this. <laughs> I mean, there is a couple of professional wrestlers in Sharknado, Dude, I you think. you wouldn't believe the amount of A-list celebrities that fought to be on that movie. Like, there was, because it had such a cult following of it being the shit film, all of these A-list celebrities all wanted to get their get their fingers in it, and it, it it's great. It just shows you if you make enough trash, 
it will eventually gain attention from people that that so that quote unquote matter. I mean, I I think this is right. I'll have to look up and fact check myself on this, but I think the wrestler John Morrison was in Sharknado three and hit his finishing move on a shark. Oh, I can only imagine. I mean, I don't know. I, it. I mean, that was like watching Joey Fatone get eaten off a stage on Jersey Shore Shark Attack. Which is a real movie that all of you guys should watch. I mean, if you have the time, which we definitely have the fucking time. Like, oh, we, you, we, you always have time in your life to watch pretty much the Wish App version of the cast of Jersey Shore go try to stop the shark attacks in Jersey Shore that are caused by deep sea drilling that caused a, some sort of deep, deep sea, I don't know, invasion of sharks to invade the jersey sh- it's terrible you guys have to see it we may also do a commentary on jersey shore shark attack because i haven't seen it i'm fucking interested <laughs> I- i've got lines already <laughs> <laughs> so after a three-month hiatus randy orton returns at fast lane on february 22nd 2015 saving dolph ziggler eric rowan and ryback from a post-match beatdown from Seth Rollins, Big Show, and Corporate Kane, leading into a feud with Seth Cor- Rollins Corporate Kane? at WrestleMania Is that 31. Like Kane, but he's wearing a suit. So Kane, at this point in time, we'll get into this in the next episode, but I'll give you a taste and a teaser. Takes off his Kane mask, mm-hmm. seals it in a glass case to stop the Kane magic from happening of him being a psychopath puts on a suit and tie and is literally just a corporate dude but still uses Kane's entire moveset. So arguably even more evil than Kane is. It's, it, it is it's, corporate America now. It's, so. it's debatable of like... <laughs> which, which is more evil, an actual demonic entity or the CEO of Walmart? Like, <laughs> And see, you, under, you once again, you need to be hanging out with Vince McMahon because the first thought of his was probably like, that's... That's some really good shit. We're gonna shit. dig like... up Sam Walton, make a cast <laughs> of his face, and then put it on Kane, and then we're gonna bill it as that is the spirit of Walmart fucking the little guy. <laughs> so we'll uh, take a break right here on the audio version. We're gonna watch the WrestleMania 31 match of Seth Rollins versus Randy Orton because Corey said he wanted to see. RKO in match and that is one of my favorite RKO in setup in execution it is just a beautiful RKO um for the audio version I will uh cut here and have a small gap and then just have the audio sound reaction of Corey's reaction to the RKO (laughs) if you've seen this match you know exactly which one I'm talking about and if you'd like, we're going to get a Patreon set up. And if you'd like to join Zero Ring IQ's Patreon, we're going to do it pretty cheap. It's only throw, throw a couple shekels our way and we will have a full commentary on the match with the whole audio of this podcast. So we're going to take a break right here and we will see you back in a second. So the two guys on the outside are Seth Rollins 
security detail J and J security. Okay. And I'm assuming, of course, they won't get involved in any way, shape, or form. Not, not at all. <laughs> Predator corners you. Gets a nice hair pulling off the start. And you and you hear within the first like couple minutes of the match, JBL has already used like four of Randy Orton's nicknames. <laughs> Slithering around. Already. He's a slither snake. Would be better if you edited that one YouTube video of the guy that. I'm a snake. <laughs> I'm gonna be trying. So, Seth Rollins at this point in time is like one of my favorite WWE superstars. He is pretty fucking good in the ring. Oh. So that seemed like it was more than four seconds. It, it was more than four seconds, but it wasn't the count. So you well, that was the rope grab, right? Because he, yeah. he looped his arm over the rope and he was counting him out for that, but he kept taking him after he counted to four. Once again, at referee discretion. So you saw outside of the ring that Seth Rollins at this time has the Money in the Bank briefcase as well, Oh, right? okay. Okay, that'll I was wondering why he was carrying the briefcase, but... That, that'll come into play in the next episode that we do. And see... Oh, oh. One of the reasons why... Ow. The fucking buckle bomb is great. <laughs> Starting to slow there. security gets their own bit so the bald guy joey mercury has by far one of the most brutal moments oh god this, this is gonna be great this is the draping ddt oh god <laughs> so joey Mer those are human beings damn it So you see the three three announce tables, right? Correct. One of those is the Spanish announce table. When you see a Spanish announce table at ringside, it's like the wrestling Chekhov's gun. At some point in the night, that announce table is going to be destroyed. <laughs> Why is it just theirs? Be because it's uh, they have multicast and like they have. They, they've gotten pretty pretty well, like, world-versed of, like, they have an Arab-announced table, they have a Japanese-announced table, okay. they have a Spanish-announced table. But it's always the Spanish it's one? It's always the Spanish-announced table. They like just, tradition they just keep up? Yeah, it's it started as, like... set these guys up at the shitty table, because <laughs> it's, it's gonna get destroyed, guys. Don't, don't bring out the new ones for them. Yeah, pretty much. Is it something, like, maybe, like, in, in, in a... 
Mexico that like the that's something that's part of theirs? I, I have no idea where it started. It's just the Spanish announce table got destroyed one night, and then somebody online was like, "Not the Spanish announce table." Never <laughs> <laughs> gonna eat a green bean again. Yeah, so they have to do it every time. Yeah, pretty much. Some pretty decent mat wrestling. You, you'll see, you've already called the four count thing and you saw the ref pull him yeah. off instead of disqualifying. That happens all the fucking time. It's more like, it, it, it's the Pirates of the Caribbean of, they're less than rules, they're more of guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it already seemed like he was out of the ring for more than 30 seconds anyway. So. Well, you know, he should probably have been disqualified because of his two homeboys coming in to fuck with him already. Yeah. Well, obviously. But also... It's a the, part of the fun. It, it is currently the authority storyline, so the ref is paid by Seth Rollins' stable right now. Oh, uh, okay. Are you okay, bud? You got, you got your face? Yeehaw. There's so many fucking people there. Yeah, this is WrestleMania, dude. This is the biggest and event it's outside. in the outside. Yeah, this is at the Levi Stadium, and this is like. Does everyone up in the top have binoculars? Like, so there's a big ass screen uh, above okay. the ring that people can see, and then the, at the entrance, how you have not seen them shoot the entrance ramp, it's so they don't get the infinity shot of everything happening at the same time. <laughs> and here comes Randy now. Yeah, Seth, you better check your watch. Orton all went for the power slam. Rollins hung on, saw it coming. Curb stop. Oh, still gets the power slam. Greenwood's make it look easy. Rollins is going for a curb stop. Orton turned it to his advantage. That European uppercut. <laughs> That's literally what the move's called. <laughs> Use uppercutting them with your bicep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, there's a there's a wrestler named Cesaro who has a move called the very European uppercut where he throws them up into the air and then fucking hits the European uppercut. He wants to beat Seth Rollins right in the middle of the ring. Next fisherman suplex. You guys are still laying around on side. Fucking selling, 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 man. You guys missed their career in soccer. Joey Mercury, the bald guy, has one of the most like brutal moments in wrestling history. He, uh, he's in a ladder match with uh, the Hardy Boys, mm-hmm. and he because he was in a he was in a tag team called Eminem, and they had a big feud, and he got his face fucking blown up by a ladder. <laughs> so Matt sets uh, two ladders up like a seesaw. And holds his face, each guy's face. Hat is that on the ground? Probably somebody threw a hat. For, uh, like you'll you'll see people throw was, shit all the time. I was gonna say this. I, I didn't remember any of these people having a hat on, and now there's just a cowboy. Hat oh, that's out. oh, that's JBL's hat. They got uh, okay. knocked off the booth. Like that. That's one thing is you you see a lot of people. There will be a bunch of matches that we watch that people fuck with JBL's hat. <laughs> He probably doesn't wear his favorite to the match. No. V- very nice springboard moonsault. Oh, 
But yeah, uh, Joey gets his fucking face blown up by this ladder, and it looks like he, like, it's not, it's not fake. Like, he actually it's a mashed potato? Oh, it's... <laughs> If if any anything would be a mashed potato, <laughs> it would be a botched mashed potato. Has your dick? Not so good. <laughs> you know, the crowd chanting RKO. Right now, Randy's going for that superplex. Also, as we watch matches, I want you to keep a uh, keep an eye out for some of your favorite wrestling signs that you see, because you'll see some bad ones. Oh, like in the crowd? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Just people just holding up nasty shit, or nasty shit, dumb shit. Like terrible drawings of wrestlers, like it's, it's it's great. <laughs> and the security doesn't do shit about them. They do as long as there's not like a dick and balls on it or something. Yeah, like, okay. they they try to pick them up, but a lot of them are really fucking bad. And the regular draping DDT. There you go. Two in, or two out, one in. voices in his head. You see the guy with his own, own fucking face? face. Yeah. So yeah, like, you'll see, like, soccer memes. You'll see a bunch of shit. Oh, I thought he was going to RKO Randy Orton. I was like, that's... Oh, there we go. Got the kick out. And they must have to practice that timing on, like, just just before the ref's hand hits the mat. Like. So there is actually a, another little thing that we'll do is missed counts of people. So the referees are supposed to count mm -hmm. a legit count. Give mm -hmm. the one, two, three. Because if nobody kicks out, they don't want the other oh, ref fucked him over in the storyline. Yeah. So there have been championships that have changed hands because somebody has forgotten to kick out. <laughs> you see the cameraman moving so he doesn't get the infinity shot in, yeah. this, in the screen. So this is a move that he used to do. This is the punt I was talking about. Is he'd set him up like that and he literally just fucking kicks people in the head. There is no wrestling to this. It is just I'm gonna fucking bang RKO. <laughs> he definitely sold that second one. That's the curb stomp. <laughs> okay. That's far less disturbing than I thought it would be. But that on steel steps is... Yeah, I can imagine. Rollins kicks out of an RKO and now Orton kicks out of a curb stomp. Kicks out of a curb stomp. We caught him in the dick as he rolled out of that. 
idea how Randy kicked out of that. Connected with a curb stop and Orton, perhaps on instinct alone, was able to get the shoulder up. You know what it is, guys? You know why they're able to do that? Because it's WrestleMania! Second RKO is, is that why King? <laughs> See the guy dressed like Hulk Hogan in the crowd. You get a bunch of fucking like, <laughs> you get a bunch of people. Everybody's digging down deeper. Well, there is a lot at stake here. This is a battle of alpha males about who is the top dog here in the WWE. This is the face versus the future, and the future saying the future is now. Oh, we have seen this before. Rollins certainly has his fans here. No, this is something he does called Watch the Phoenix this. Splash, and it is fucking this. awesome. Get your balance, Seth. What's he gonna do? What's he gonna do? Damn, that would have sucked. <laughs> I ended that. Oh! So my favorite part of this is they talked about doing that backstage and they tried it once and completely <laughs> fucked it up. And you saw how Randy Orton didn't immediately go for the pin is just because he was so fucking excited. They hit it <laughs> yeah, and looked good. Yeah, he was like, because yeah, if you look, like, go back and look and see the, the ref. He's like, pin him, pin him, pin him. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on. Like, yeah, dude, fucking come on. Get it. But yeah. That, that's one of my favorite RKO's that he's ever done. That was done. pretty fucking sweet. Yeah, it's just that step off. Hopefully, on this recording, it'll show the replay of it, because they catch it in slow motion, and it's pretty fucking good. But it might not with the recording that I have. Yep, nope. That is the the setup of that. There's, there's more of his career that's still going on, uh... He's currently tag team champions. Uh, you watched the Ultimate Fighter, yeah. So Matt Riddle, the stoner guy who had the Dan Henderson knockout, mm -hmm. where he forearmed that guy, yeah. he is currently tag team champions with that guy. Oh, cool. Yeah, and he it's a stone. So how many UFC celebrities like transition over to wrestling? A decent amount, actually. Uh, Shayna Baszler is, was a Bellator fighter, mm -hmm. and she is currently uh, a wrestling oh, okay. wrestling personality matt riddle uh the attempted murderer kane velasquez had a match against brock lesnar uh, uh okay. a bunch of people transferred bobby lashley was bellator heavyweight champion That's he right. had, yeah he actually had a better ufc career and record than brock lesnar like yeah we'll we'll watch some lashley fights like okay. lashley's pretty decent but Right now, he's tag team champions with Matt Riddle in a team they call RK Bro, which <laughs> which is them riding down on scooters, and they had a scooter on a snake riding a scooter is one of their fucking things that made me laugh really hard. It was a t-shirt, like it's 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 pretty good. Uh, no step on snake. Yeah, that's pr <laughs> pretty much the vibe you get from it. But uh, that will conclude this episode of Zero Ring IQ. Uh, if you'd like to see the commentary on that match, uh, we will check it on Patreon. Uh, if you would like to support us, give us a like on social media. Or don't. We're not your mom. But or do. God damn it. 
that that's do, <laughs> fuck, do, do it or you'll get an RKO. Uh, we don't know where it's coming from. They usually do come out do of nowhere. It or we will get you to have the twenty four seven championship belt, and we will hunt you down. And you're probably going to be bigger than us, but whatever, we'll give it a shot. So, if you would like, we're actually going to do a Patreon episode on the 24-7 championship. And every single 24-7 title championship change. And that'll be coming out soon for our Patreon listeners. Um, I've been Nick. This has been Corey. And we'll catch you at the next bell. Ding, ding.